1: and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling.
0: Today, we continue in our series, Looking at the World Through the Lens of Faith. In the previous three episodes, we've looked at an event that happened on the football field when NFL player Damar Hamlin collapsed with a heart attack, and an ESPN commentator showed the world what real prayer looks like as he bowed his head on national TV and began praying. We talked about an Army Green Beret who retired because he felt that woke policy in the military violated the Constitution— And not speaking up about it violated his oath to support and defend the Constitution. And in the third episode, we looked at several different current events as we asked the pivotal question, do you trust God? Those shows are available on any podcast app at KKHT.com or at CourageousChristianity.today. Today we have a special guest on the show who's going to help us tackle a new current event. Jeff Egley is a fellow pilot and faithful follower of Christ who caught my attention when we flew together recently and he spoke so openly and beautifully about his faith and the bible. Walking to dinner on our layover we had such a great conversation about the book of genesis and i've been looking forward to chatting again. Jeff,
1: welcome. Well, good morning, sir. It's always an honor and a pleasure to spend some time in your shadow. So thank you. Thank you, sir. Friends today we are
0: going to look at the story of a police officer who was recently investigated for a religious social media post that claimed quote, "There's no such thing end quote as gay marriage." For expressing his perspective, he came under tremendous pressure from superiors, felt unsafe relying on them as he did his job, and elected to resign. Sadly, this story is now commonplace as those who demand special consideration, asking the world around them to accommodate their beliefs, deny accommodation to those who believe differently. And we're going to talk about that today. With that said, our intent in this conversation is not to bash anybody. Our intent is simply to have an open, honest, scriptural, and productive exchange that helps us, the body of Christ, to walk effectively and compassionately in this world. Honest conversations are hard to come by today. In their need to be right, people of every camp can be heavy-handed and dismissive of differing points of view. Please hear me when I say that I don't have a need to be right. I do, however, have a need to get it right, to glorify God, and to do His will. James 1, verse 19 cautions, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And that's my hope with today's show. As always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome, Jeff. Glad you're here.
0: Thank you. Friends, please pray with us. Heavenly Father, you have told us that in our faith we will be hated by the world. Jesus said, If the world hates you, understand that it hated me first. And yet we have to live in this world. So, Lord, we ask you grant us understanding, strength, and also compassion as we speak truth to corruption, comfort to its victims, and courage to your church. Father, let us not lean on our own understanding, but submit to you, your word, and your ways as lived out by your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to be strong, to be wise, and to speak the truth, not as we see it, but as you have given it to us. Help us to be active and effective, each of us finding a place in your church where we can contribute according to our gifts, that all we do be glorifying unto you. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 So friends, in his post on Facebook... Jacob Kersey, a 19 year old Georgia police officer, said, quote, God designed marriage. Close quote. He added, Marriage refers to Christ and the church. That's why there's no such thing as homosexual marriage. Interestingly, in his rebuke, his superior said that though they did not find sufficient evidence to establish a violation of any policies, His posts regarding protected classes could raise reasonable concerns regarding his objectivity and performance of his duties in dealing with members of those classes. So, Jeff, as this story unfolds,
1: what comes to your mind? Well, first of all, that we would hold Jacob Kersey up. We'd pray for him because that young man is going to face it. public is going to attack. On the other hand, we support him. Go listen to his podcast, right? And Jesus called us to live in the world, but not of the world. He also called us to love people. So how we love people is really a reflection of that relationship. We've all heard it said, people don't care what you know until they know that you care, right? So if I walk up to a guy on the street that's doing something that I feel is not right to do, and I begin to engage him in a manner that's abusive or or directive. He doesn't know me. But if I see you and I say, hey, Rich, let's step over here and talk a minute. We have a relationship, right, that right. I can talk to you in a way that says, you know, you know I love you. So help me understand. That's a whole different conversation, right? right. So what this young man is called to do to stand up and stand for the truth, Christ does call us to do that, Right. But he also calls us to love people. So speaking the truth into people's lives, but meeting them where they are, that that can be, it's, it's one, very effective, right? If we right. act like Jesus did. I say over and over, show me where Jesus acted like that or said those things or did those things, and then I'm okay with it. Right?
0: Amen. Uh, actually, that brings to mind something Christy and I were talking about in the car on the way in here. And uh, Matthew chapter 10, friends, uh, became one of my favorite chapters. I call it the counterinsurgency chapter because it tells us all kind of things. And in it, Jesus tells the apostles how to go out into the world Mm -hmm. and accomplish their mission. And he says this, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves, be as shrewd as snakes and as gentle as doves. So when I heard this story a lot of things came rushing into my mind that he is speaking the truth, the plain truth, and then, okay, doing it on Facebook? All right, I'm, I'm not really down with using Facebook as a platform for any serious discussion. It was meant to be like a high school yearbook. And is he being as shrewd as a snake, in doing this. And uh, what came to mind is that when I was in Afghanistan, uh, the enemy would wait outside the combat outpost. And let's say you were leaving on a mission to go, an important mission, you're going to go grab up a, an IED maker. And you leave the combat outpost, the enemy's at six to 800 yards, he shoots poorly aimed rounds at you. They were never meant to hit. That's outside the effective range of an AK-47, but now you're not doing your mission. Yeah, they're meant to distract. Right. And so I worry that, uh, did we um, lose a battle that we never should have fought? Uh, Who were you talking to on Facebook? Why did you choose Facebook? Uh, Were you provoked into this? Is the enemy getting what it wants? Has somebody who had amazing potential in the kingdom of God been taken off the field now? Uh, for no good reason whatsoever. Christy, what do you think?
2: I think this is kind of like one of those math equations that you need more information, right? And and so, um, you know, honestly, it's complicated. Uh, As Jeff was referring to, we we hold him up. At the same time, we agree with him and support him. At the other time, he's going to need a lot of prayer because he's just kind of opened a can of worms. But that math equation, the thing that I would want to know was... Uh, what was his motivation? Like, what was he trying to accomplish? And without that information, I feel like I, you know, I really, it's, it's, we can discuss it, but I, I really want to talk to the young man. And I do understand. too. As a yeah. matter Maybe of fact. we'll have him on the show. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, and
1: he's, he's had a uh, his own podcast for what, seven years? Seven years, yeah. right? and he's 19, so right. that puts now, him at 12. Now and...
2: do that math. <laughs> he right. like, started yeah. it when he was 12. Oh my gosh.
1: without. <laughs> Apologize and not done my homework well enough to know, you know, his podcast. How many followers does he have thousands upon thousands? Does he have 10? You know, and is it a, a follow on of what he's already doing to reach out to those people in that manner? Because people, okay, face it, people under 30, I mean, they're all over Facebook. I mean, they got Snapchat and all those little, whatever, other things they do, TikTok. yeah, TikTok, <laughs> and you know, there's a whole laundry list, right? which they do and I don't. I okay? don't want to say them because I would get them wrong when I say, like, <laughs> snap face. Snap face. Well, as we we're like trying that. to do
2: it more, I keep saying we're going kicking and screaming, yeah. but you're absolutely right. That's what the, the, that's how the youth communicate. Yeah. So,
1: okay. So, so, so snap so. talk, is that what it is? <laughs> I, I so, so this is
0: uh, – and you said it when you spoke first, and you said uh, ask questions. I, I want to know more about that yes. person. And the, it was a great example that you used when you said – uh, people don't care about what you know till they know that you care. So uh, what I uh, came up with as I looked at this, because remember we said we're supposed to not just um, make snap judgments, we're supposed to say, what does Scripture say? What exactly is going on here? And I broke it down into uh, five conversations within this larger conversation. There's the conversation of wrong and right. Uh, with regard to the actual uh, content of Jacob's post. There's the question of why Facebook, and Jacob might be able to answer that. There is the question of why are you saying this? Uh, What's the the, motive? The tongue is a dangerous weapon. You need to have a reason for saying it. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Uh, Number four, What outcome are you hoping for here? Um, And number five, does any of this glorify God? Because uh, as we've talked about before, with any mission that you have in the Marine Corps, you always have a commander's intent. So if the mission falls apart, you say, what is the commander's intent? And we are to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations in order to ultimately— Glorify God. If I so, amen. friends, stay with us. We'll answer some of those questions with Jeff Egley when we come back. Come
2: gone, so Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support.
0: Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're speaking with Jeff Egley, fellow airline pilot who has a beautiful heart for God. And we're talking about the Jacob Kersey situation in Georgia, whereby a law enforcement officer named Jacob Kersey resigned his position because he posted something, a religious view of marriage, on Facebook, and his superiors said that because he's addressing a protected class of citizens, with a comment about biblical marriage, it could call into question future involvement with that protected class, which would possibly have negative effects in his role as a police officer. And as we went to break, we were talking about the actual content, which I broke down into five pieces, Wrong and Right, Why Facebook?, Uh, why are you saying this? Is there a reason? You know there's risk involved. Was there an appropriate reward? What outcome were you hoping for? And does the whole conversation glorify God? And so you have heard me say before on this show that at the intersection of our faith and the secular world, we have an opportunity. This intersection is critical ground. And as we engage the world by faith, There's a classroom where somebody's going to learn something, and we don't necessarily know what the subject is. We don't know who's teaching. We don't know who's being taught, but somebody's going to get changed. And if we step away from that conflict, then there's no learning going to take place. But by the same token, if we conduct ourselves poorly in that engagement, well, now we may have lost somebody who would otherwise know God or uh, be on a journey toward Christ and faith. So in everything that happens at that engagement, we have to consider the audience, the timing, the means, and the probability of a successful outcome. Because Jeff mentioned in the first segment that Jesus modeled all of this for us, and in any question, his first thought is, okay, show me in the Bible where Jesus thought this or said this or did this or modeled this. And so when you talk about that intersection, I can think in the Bible where Jesus provoked conflict— for example, healing a man in the synagogue on the Sabbath in front of the religious uh, powers of the day. I can think of uh, exceptions where Jesus walked away, very simply says, hey, no good is going to come of this, we're out of here. And this was God on earth. So he provoked it sometimes, he walked away sometimes, sometimes he schooled people. Mm -hmm. And so in every instance... Jesus provided us an example, and it's with curiosity that we can ask a question and kind of sort of plumb the depths of the situation and see, hey, is any good going to happen here?
1: And so what we're talking about really here is is discernment, Mm. right? We're talking about discernment, about Holy Spirit, Scripture says, lives in us, in us. That means in all of our journeys, in all of our decisions, He is there. He's ever-present. If we we look at the scripture that he talks about, that I'm talking about here, he says, Lo, I am with you always." way. There's no S. Mm. It's present. That means wherever I go, he is. And as a man of faith, I realized not too long ago in discussing with my, with my Iron Men group, I drag Holy Spirit through every sin I commit. Mm. That'll stop you. Yeah, our body's his temple, is it? Right. right. It says he's there. I am with you all way, here, and now here, and now here. And so as we talk about Jacob and his and his bold statement in his life, and, you know, again, we, we've said we, we don't know the young man, all right? But Scripture says a couple things. One is, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So to know the young man's heart really is the question for me here. Right to to know what his intent is. Is he trying to love people? Is he does he have gifts of of prophecy? Which doesn't mean I tell you Tuesday you're going to do this. It means I see the truth black and white, and And I got a message for the world. Yeah, and I'm compelled to speak. I'm compelled to speak truth. Right, and so and the other thing that's understanding that is vitally important to me as I interact with people, especially in faith discussions, is that the under underlying emotion of anger is fear. When people are angry, it's motivated by fear. The only exception to that is, and it's still very minor, is is righteous anger. Such as if we get off topic and we start to talk about the death of unborn children. Right. Yeah. You want to yeah, fire fire somebody up? But still, I'm in fear for their life.
0: Yeah, right? we actually talked about Jesus modeled the use of force for us and everybody right. wants to say, Oh, he, you know, that's not Jesus. Well, people like the lamb in Jesus. They don't so much like the Lord in Jesus because A, he's tough and he's a warrior. And B, he told you there were certain things you had to do. Right. And by the way, when he dealt with the money changers in the temple, he made a whip of cords. And he didn't just find one there on the sidewalk. He made it. That's incredibly intentional.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And
0: so you make a great point with discernment. And so I have often said discernment is comprised of four things what you do, why you do it, how you do it, when you do it. Sure. And also, when we ask those four questions in the beginning about was Facebook right, what are you hoping to achieve, Uh, is it necessary, is it true, is it kind, and would it glorify God, that is also another angle on discernment. So you're right, we have some questions that we would want to ask Jacob about. Love to get him on the show.
1: Right. It's a daily walk, right? Right. It's a daily walk with the Holy Spirit. And, and it's a journey that never ends. It, th, 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 I realized, as a young man, that the goal of my faith walk was the walk. It wasn't to get to a point, because there isn't a point. It's a journey that never ends until someday I graduate. I graduate into the kingdom, right? right. And, and then th- that wholeness of life, right, where all this goes away, and I get to celebrate right, and live that life, that the the struggle is the goal, right, T- to walk every day, to lay down this person, to engage that which he created me to be, and knowing every day I have appointments, every day I have the opportunity and the responsibility to lead somebody one step closer to that walk with him, right?
0: Amen. So, friends, as you know, I'm a student of history, and as we pondered this show, I was thinking about what in history uh, could we learn from, and I've always been a fan of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a pastor in Germany. He lived from 1906 to 1945. He was actually murdered by the Nazis, I think about a month before the the war ended, and he was a pastor whose family was initially... uh, acquiescent of the Nazis, who became more militant against the Nazis. And then, despite agonizing at all times about the right thing to do, Dietrich Bonhoeffer actually ended up in a group whose mission was to assassinate Hitler. And if you ever see that movie, Valkyrie, with Tom um, Cruise, that's part of the story. It's a great movie. They tried to bomb an airplane, and then they tried to bomb a meeting he was in with his generals. Well, Bonhoeffer agonized about what was right to do. Part of the Church uh, accepted the nonsense of the Nazis. Part of the Church um, fell out of favor. Many priests were jailed. And Bonhoeffer decided that it basically fell out into three options that the Church had in dealing with the perversity of uh, the Nazis— He said this, There are thus three possibilities for action that the church can take vis-a-vis the state. First, questioning the state as to the legitimate state character of its actions, that is, making the state responsible for what it does. Second, is the service to the victims of the state actions, The church has an unconditional obligation toward the victims of any societal order, even if they do not belong to the Christian community. Let us work for the good of all. These are both ways in which the church, in its freedom, conducts itself in the interests of a free state. In times when the laws are changing, the church may under no circumstances neglect either of these Duties. The third possibility is not just to bind up the wounds of the victims beneath the wheel, but to seize the wheel itself. Which is really amazing because this is a man who ended up losing his life in his effort to seize the wheel because the evil of Hitler was beyond the church's ability to stand. And so Your first uh, notion, if I understand, would be to say, okay, show me where Jesus modeled this, and my answer would be, he spoke truth to power, he cared for those who were made victims, and he made a whip of cords, modeling all three of those options. So what do you think about that?
1: Uh, You're very correct that Scripture is that which leads us, right? It was a a watershed moment for me growing up in a church that taught and lived and and spoke pacifism to understand that in the Bible there's two parables that are back to back one is when Jesus is out on the water with the disciples and a storm comes up and they wake him up to calm the storm and he says to them have you such little faith the very next story very next uh, um, occurrence account in the Bible is Jesus interaction with the centurion so who's a centurion? He's the leader of a hundred, not only a hundred, but hundred of the bloodiest individuals on the planet. And he declares that he has greatest faith in all of Israel. Jesus says that Jesus to says I that, to that story. That. So here's the disciples who spend every day with him. And then here's this guy that's, I mean, talk about bloody. This guy's got blood on him, right. right? I mean, he does, but yet he, Jesus sees that. And says, here's the greatest faith in all of Israel, right? So, and going back to the real part to catch up before we break. James 1.5, a life verse for me. In a time of test, ask for the Lord's wisdom and he will grant it to you. And he'll give it to you liberally for those who trust and believe. It's a life verse, right? So, in these times, Amen. Lord, should I speak? Should I act? Should I be quiet? Should I walk away?
0: So, you make a brilliant point. First, I love the story of the centurion just always have loved it as a colonel in the Marines. Thank you. For He says, I'm a man of faith and uh, I have men under me, and I say to this one, come, and he comes, and I say to this Absolutely. one, go, and he goes, so I know you have but to speak those words and my slave will be healed. He wants Jesus to heal his slave, so he's a man of humanity, and Jesus admires him, and that's such a beautiful point. What I would say is Jeff has outlined several things for us, and All of them require thought, and we're going to talk about that when we're back in the next segment, folks. Stay with us.
2: They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mindelo, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life.
0: Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mandelo has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are or a friend or family member is struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking with a good friend of mine, Jeff Egley, about a situation in Georgia where a police officer spoke his religious beliefs and basically came under such pressure he decided to resign. That man's name is Jacob Kersey, and he has an interesting podcast, which Christy and I were listening to on the way in. Yes. What did you think?
2: Uh, I want to listen to more.
0: I do want to listen to more, too. (laughs) I want to have him on the show. Yeah, he was talking about gender ideology and interviewing a man from the Heritage
1: Foundation.
2: I'm just blown away. He's 19. He started it seven years ago. And I'm like... Wow, he's well, so educated and intelligent. Well, just,
1: I'm I'm in. I I got to I, gotta, I gotta, I'm yeah. I'm due to to it. podcasts cuz I'm, you know, <laughs> get my kids hey, what right. does that work? Right? But yeah, yeah absolutely. We still got flip phones. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> we don't I'm really, a little better than that, okay. So friends, Jeff has a beautiful way of putting this and before I get to that Christy wants I'm to like tell us something. I'm like flagging
2: him down here like let me say something. Well, There's you guys no hand mentioned waving. um what? Pardon? Yeah, you got it. Go. Ahead. <laughs> You all mentioned the Centurion, and I got really mm-hmm. excited when you said that, because we did a series in the first year of the show on the heroes of faith. And it was good. And I know, Richard, you love the Centurion story. story, yes. And so I just want to tell the listeners, uh, August 29th, 2020 um, is the date that you can go back to. Look for the Heroic Faith series, Part 3, The Faith of a Centurion. Again, August 29th, 2020, and you can find that on KKHT.com, uh, or you can go to CourageousChristianity.today and find a link to the podcasts there. Or awesome. on your on any podcast app. Whatever there.
0: podcast app you like, and you'll hear Christy being referred to by our maiden name because we was had just met <laughs> and we weren't even married yet. So all kind of greatness was going on there. Um, Jeff, when yes. we went to break, you talked about... Uh, An intersection with the world. You're meeting a person. And you said a couple things that were beautiful. I wanted to write them down. Uh, Would you repeat them as you make a choice about what to do you said?
1: Right. So Holy Spirit lives in us. And so we say, you know, should I speak? Should I act? Should I be, be quiet and just be present? Or should I walk away? Because the reality is Scripture declares that that person was created by God for God in his image. And he loves that person in their sin or in their redemption from Christ, regardless of where they are in life. He loves that person. He created them with a purpose and a plan to be part of his kingdom. And he wants that person to know him and walk with him. Amen. And so when I say, you know, tell me, show me where Jesus acted, talked, did those things, I'm in. Holy Spirit lives in us, right? And, and he talks to us and says, go or stop or be still or leave. I mean, it's that simple.
0: Uh, You've put that beautifully. There's no uh, getting around the fact that you can't hurt another person without hurting God. Mm. And uh, we're not in that business. And if your need to be right would bring you to a place uh where you felt those feelings, you would need to walk away. Uh, There's nothing good going to take place there. Anger does not fulfill the righteousness of God. So I love how you put that. And one thing I would say, friends, as you've heard us talk about, in combat the enemy will push you around, and the enemy will try and get inside your OODA loop, which is the way all humans make decisions. You observe something, you orient yourself to what you've observed, you decide what you're going to do, and you act. And the enemy wants to get in there and push you to actions that have no thought behind them. And then you do something wrong. Uh, You saw it all the time in Afghanistan. There's a horrific story from Iraq where uh, the captors of prisoners at Abu Ghraib prison acted horrifically. And we can't get there because Scripture said, my name is blasphemed among pagans because of you. And so in all we do, we have an amazing opportunity to glorify God and cause others to be curious and, hey, tell me more about this Jesus character. And at the same time, we can do damage, and we don't want to do that. So what we're talking about is in that moment, in that provocation, taking the time to act, to think about how you want to act, and you've got to be intentional about it. It's like when you're in a dogfight— if you're not immediately in a winning situation, you don't even get into a fight. You just blow through the fight, and you come back another day. And so what I would have to say is, if God is not going to be glorified here, if we're inviting some Internet ambush because we don't really know who's out there, then
1: what good is going
0: to come of this?
1: Is it the right venue? Is it the right time? Is it the right time? I I, I teach this point that that I don't hear, and that is— would you rather react or would you rather respond? Oh, Christy says that all <laughs> oh, yeah. the time. Right, I yes. I often say
2: right. are you how, how will you are you going to be re- reacting or responding? Right. Yeah, big
1: yeah, difference, friends. That. What yeah. is the difference? Preparation. The difference is preparation. Am I connected? Am I trained up? Whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional, relational, right? Because this human thing has its own little ticks in it that come out. Again, scripture says, "Out of the heart the mouth speaks." Right, and so if I'm prepared, then I can respond. But if I take a small hammer and hit you in the knee, you're going to kick. Right, that's a reaction. It's built in. Right, I've never been in combat. Okay, mm-hmm. but I can tell you that in in times of, of conflict and seeing things, I, I, I tend to I tend to go red pretty quick. It's easy to get right. there.
2: I want to make a quick point in talking about this particular situation. Again, we don't have all the facts and figures, and so we're not making a statement right or wrong with regards to what Jacob did. But I think it's an opportunity for listeners to be thinking about, okay, what if I come to this situation? So really let this current event be um, an opportunity for us to reflect back upon ourselves and say, okay, how would I Act in a pl- in a time where my faith was challenged because we know it's going to happen more and more and more. Right, so- and
0: I think Jeff made a great point when he said uh, a couple things. All of his statements were I statements. Mm, yep. And I know you love I statements <laughs> I do. because the word you is such a provocation. So Jeff said, "Am I prayed up? Am I prepared? Am I in the right place? Am I connected to the Holy Spirit?" And when you can answer all of those questions, yes, 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 and yes, and then you say with discernment, is this the right time? Is this the right uh, way? And um, then you can engage decisively, intentionally. uh, With purpose. With purpose.
1: Clarity. Absolutely. And Jesus said, people ask me, well, how do I know? How do I know? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. And if you go to the Middle East today, and there will be thousands of sheep in one group, and there will be five or six shepherds, and they start talking, and they just all separate and follow. So you have to know his voice. You have to be hooked in. You have to be connected, right, to know his voice that when he speaks, right? And there are times when I ask, and Holy Spirit is quiet. Yeah. And then, hey, as we
0: say in safety, if there is a doubt, there is no doubt. If you wanted to know, should you walk away? Well, if you're hearing nothing, and if you're not connected, then walk away.
2: I think it's important, though, to note that you also need wise counsel. So it may be that you speak, you hear Jesus' voice, you hear the Holy Spirit telling you what to do, but before doing that, have wise counsel around you too.
0: Kind of, Get outside yourself.
2: Yeah, check yeah. in. Is this yeah. just my thoughts, or is this really the Holy Spirit? Yeah,
1: I. This is a very side note. I would challenge both of you. My father taught me this. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit. It's His name. We don't say the Jesus or the God, right? That's His name. So when we talk about Holy Spirit, I, I don't it. ever say the because that, that, that makes I it impersonal. That. His name's Holy Spirit. That's who He is. I right? love like It him. makes it personal.
0: I like that.
2: I listen. Speaking a podcast, I listen to one, and they talk about Holy Spirit says this. It's it's really powerful. I,
1: I, I watch my men's group. I watch it transform them. I watch it transform yeah. the way that they relate and that they expect. Right? It's a different set of community. I don't call you the Richard Mendelow. Even though right. you are, you are <laughs> the Richard. And I'm Lowe. glad you
0: brought that up because this is courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelo Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it I'm just saying with the Richard <laughs> okay. Mendelow. In hey, my next one, well, I call him what? the Richard Mendelow, <laughs> Friends. <so. laughs> Christy made an interesting point. Jeff, that point is beautiful. Holy Spirit, uh, Spirit come here and be in this conversation.
1: Absolutely. Christy
0: made a brilliant point when she said it's going to happen more and more, and I wanted again to draw on history, because in Germany through the 30s, Hitler used the laws to ostracize Jews from German society and set them up for extermination in his maniacal plot called The Final Solution. And what that allowed is normal Germans— to uh, execute these ridiculous, inhumane policies by saying they were following the law. And so Christy makes a great point when she says these things are going to happen more and more. And what will preclude them happening more and more, number one, when we stand up in faith, when we uh, participate in the political system, when we attend school board meetings, when we basically call things as they are— using the mechanisms that we've discussed so far. The truth doesn't need to be yelled. It doesn't need to be screamed. It's the truth. And what you'll see in opponents of the truth is a lot of screaming, and a lot of yelling, a yeah, lot of historic. identity politics, and so Rhetorical. forth. And we can't go there. So as we deal with all of these situations which we will find ourselves in, Jeff has outlined some things, and I just want to repeat them. He asks, as we try and understand what we should do, should we speak? Should we act? Should we be quiet and present, or should we walk away? He said that we have to be where we should be in order to participate as we should. And so we're not spectators. We're not Monday morning quarterbacks. We don't just get to throw mud on people. We're Christians. And what we do glorifies or blasphemes the name of God. And so the stakes are pretty high. And I am very happy to be corrected and for Jeff to make the beautiful point and say, hey, don't say the Holy Spirit, say Holy Spirit, because his point is valid, and the truth is the truth. So you heard it here. I love it. And it's what I said in the intro. You just have a beautiful way of speaking of faith and looking at faith. So... Friends, as we look toward uh, the next segment, we ask you to
2: come on back. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you were training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete – Gracie Jujitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to graciumaitahuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to UmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly think biblically and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think and vote in all future elections. Go to myfaithvotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ.
0: Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity and we are having a great conversation with my friend Jeff Egley. And I flew with Jeff a little while ago, and we went to Honolulu, and we had a great layover, and walking to dinner, he was talking about Genesis, and he said some things that were totally beautiful, and I kind of sort of thought to myself, wow, this is not a usual guy, (laughs) and as the uh, conversation progressed... Uh, I just knew I wanted to have Jeff on the show, and uh, thank you for being here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. We are talking about a police officer who resigned in Georgia after saying that um, there is only marriage that's designed by God, and that marriage refers to Christ and the Church, and that's why there's no such thing as homosexual marriage. And he came under a lot of pressure. And so the conversation that we're having is really a big-picture conversation about how in this ever more perverse society where forces above us are twisting and grinding people up in uh, their, uh, I don't even know how you would say it, evil ways. How do we as Christians uh, stand for faith? And I quoted... um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, where he said, we have three options. Number one, we have to question the state. Number two, we have to provide comfort to uh, the victims. And number three, we have to decide if our responsibility goes even further. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer was executed by the Nazis for his part in a plot to kill Hitler. Uh, Eric Metaxas wrote a beautiful book about him, which I have read
1: and I highly recommend. So, Jeff, final thoughts. So all of us are created in his image, all of us, whether we know Christ or not. And when we know Christ, Holy Spirit comes into us and he brings a gift. It's like having a computer with no operating system. And then he comes in, he brings that gift, that, that spiritual gift, and he gives it to us. And it goes right along with, with all of our, our talents and our interests, our skill sets, and he expects us to use it. It, it is our gift back to him as we use the skills and talents and interests that he created in us for his good pleasure and for our fulfillment. And so he calls us to be in the world, not of the world. I loved your quote from, I think it was Billy Graham about being in your boat in the water, but no water in the boat or something right. like that. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's fantastic. Every day, every day we have appointments. We have appointments with somebody throughout the day to lead them one step closer Jesus said, some, some uh, work the ground, some plant the seed, and some harvest, right? And so it's our pleasure every day to be part of that process. And in reality, understanding in our faith and in our faith walk, the results are not up to us. The results are up to, to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, as they love those people, and we interact with them to try and, and walk with them. Jesus said, in this life, you will have troubles. And I'm putting two scriptures together here. But he says, take heart, I have prayed for you. And he said again, I sit at the right hand of the Father interceding for you. What greater confidence do we need to know that Jesus, who who lived the life, that showed us how to live. People say that, you know, teach that Jesus came to die. I, I don't disagree, but I know that he came to live first. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He came to show us how to live, yeah, how to love people wherever they are, where they are, right there. The woman at the well, Jesus defended. He didn't actually defend her, but he saved her. And then he didn't say, you know what? You're living that life. Don't do it. He said, what? Go and sin no more. He did defend the adulteress from the mob. He stood up up and kept her, right? Okay. So today... All of us have an appointment. All of us have an appointment to love somebody with the love of Christ.
0: Amen. And that is beautifully put. Friends, that's the truth, and it brings us to our moment of truth. As you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at scriptures which inform our discussion, and we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And today, our moment of truth comes from Matthew chapter 23, verse 13. And it says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Friends, as I read the words of Jesus' rebuke of the religious hypocrites of his day, I shiver. Please, God, let that never be you or me. Rather than that, walk away. Jesus modeled walking away. If he didn't have the Father's business to attend to, he was always about the Father's business. At the same time, the Bible tells us to resist evil. So it's a fine line, and we can't do it by ourselves, and so we need help. I would like to offer Matthew chapter 10, where Jesus gives instructions to the apostles about how to walk in this world. It's incredibly illuminating. He says, Do not suppose that I come to bring peace. Basically, he came to put people to a decision. So, friends, Jeff said some amazing things about walking that fine line. He said discernment, what you do, when you do it, how you do it, and why you do it. He said, Holy Spirit is in us. And that's a big deal because we don't want to drag him into the mud. He said, Scripture is that which leads us. And I personally don't want to go anywhere Scripture doesn't take me. And finally, he said the results are not up to us, meaning we are in the process business. Christians are about the process. God handles the outcomes. So as I see it, Dietrich Bonhoeffer offers us guidance for the very worst of times, and Jesus offers us guidance for all times. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer looked to Jesus in all things when he said, we must hold the state accountable— We cannot forget its victims, and if we have opportunity, we must be willing to get our hands dirty. So how does this look? The truth is that the only behavior we control is our own. And since two wrongs can never make a right, we must agonize about doing the right thing according to God. First, we bring ourselves into alignment with that. Jeff told us about a bunch of I statements. Am I prayed up? Am I prepared? Am I connected to Holy Spirit? I'm afraid to say the. Just you. Gotcha. <laughs> well done, sir.
2: <laughs>
0: Friends, alignment is what allows the will of God to work through us. That's what allows our cup to run over onto the people around us. Where we are wrong, we strive to get right. We participate in church community And this is all manner of service to the body of Christ, not just what takes place at the church building on Sunday. And we stand firm in faith throughout our lives, at work, in the way we socialize, in the things we say, in the things we support with our money, and in the things with which we will have no dealing. Resist evil. Next, we question the state by holding the men and women who represent us accountable. In this nation, we still have lots of opportunity to participate in the political process at the local, state, and federal level. We hold the state and our elected officials accountable by active participation in the political process. We attend school board meetings, we vote for sheriffs, and we elect judges. Those are just a few of the ways that we participate. At the same time, we must be compassionate toward everyone. As you heard me say, as Christians, we're not in the outcome business, we're in the process business. We focus on the process of our faith and leave the outcomes to God. The Bible says that God will give us the desires of our heart. If our desires are for godliness and peace, then we must be godly and peaceful. Jesus attended to all people, from the woman at the well with five husbands, to the adulteress to those with physical ailments, and those possessed by the devil. The Bible says, for our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. Friends, our fight is not with the victims of this struggle. They are casualties on a battlefield, and we must be careful not to make that our fight. As Paul cautioned in Romans chapter 3, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Finally, when the forces of evil attempt to put their hands on us and coerce us into doing what the Bible says we should not do, we refuse. It's a matter-of-fact refusal. It's a simple refusal. I will not do that. It doesn't require a lot of drama, yelling, or recriminations. That just makes you look silly. You simply make a statement beginning with the word I. For example, I cannot do that because it violates my religious principles. It's that simple and that hard, and that's Courageous Christianity. Jeff, thanks for being
1: with us today. It's been a pleasure. I would would remind all of us that we are called to be the fragrance of Christ wherever you go. So do you smile or do you stink? Wow. Amen.
2: (laughs) That says it.
0: That does say it. Friends, thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM KKHT, The Word, in Houston, Texas. At KKHT.com, where you can live stream the show, or on your favorite podcast app. You can also go to CourageousChristianity.today, where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify Enough!